Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning or afternoon or evening. This is a podcast, so I don't know when you'll listen to it. But good day to you, everyone. I'm Jeff Kavanaugh at JC1053 on the Twitter. Time for Jeffrey on Instagram. Throwing that in as of now. Turns out Instagram's big with the young folks. So if you want to see my plate before I eat dinner, that's where you can find it. It's Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter. I don't know if he's on Instagram. Um, I don't know what that means. Okay. Is that what is that what the kids mean when they say the gram? Yeah, that's the gram. Oh, okay. That's the gram. No, I'm, I'm not on Instagram. That's where people post their real thoughts. That's where you can find Porzingis with his real thoughts. But you can only post pictures, right? Like, it's not like you can just post words. You have, you have to post a picture or a video. Well, sometimes people will post a picture that is words. Uh, you know? Uh, you ever seen people do that where it's like a picture, no. but it's their, uh, whatever. Uh, this is Trust the Tape. Welcome to Trust the Tape. Episode 2.6.19. Welcome to it. Uh, we would like to apologize right out of the gate for the... Uh, for the NFL daring to have a Super Bowl and a Senior Bowl and costing us two valuable weeks of trust to tape. We don't think that's acceptable. So Dane has sent a letter to, uh, who's the guy running the Senior Bowl now? Uh, Mr. Jim Nagy. He's asked Jim Nagy to cancel the Senior Bowl, and I shot a letter to Roger Goodell asking him to cancel the Super Bowl so that we won't miss a week next year. Looking out for the people. So we'll see how that plays out. But in the meantime, Dane Brookler of The Athletic, it's mock draft time. Dane's got a mock, which are the most fun things ever. So go to theathletic.com and check out his mock. Uh, I don't have a website for you to go to. Well, 1053thefan.com. But so just, yeah, just go to my Instagram page. Maybe my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash time for Jeffrey. Watch me play Fortnite. There's a new free game out on PlayStation. It's like Fortnite, but not like Fortnite. It's more like Call of Duty. We just lost 20 listeners. Battle Royale. We might have gained 20. I'm going to post when we post this podcast that there's gaming talk in here. We might have just gained a whole new audience. I used to know you. Yeah. I've grown. I've really matured as a gamer. Uh, so here's Dane with a mock draft. All right. Well, uh, look, first off, you know, getting that, coming out of Senior Bowl week, Things change. Uh, I don't think we had any huge risers in terms of guys uh, putting themselves in the in the first round range. When Did we, any quarterbacks have a really good no, week? It didn't no, seem didn't. that way. No, and that's what was the number one storyline for me going into the week was Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, uh, Missouri quarterback versus Duke quarterback. Who would look better? Would one clearly establish himself as the better quarterback, the better prospect, the higher draft pick? And we didn't see it. Um, you know, I thought Drew Locke was slightly better during practice, and then Daniel Jones was slightly better during the game. Uh, but neither were impressive. Um, I would say both were just a tick above average, but we're talking about first-round uh, consideration here. So that's not good enough. And so I think both uh, did not live up to expectations. Um, I don't have a first-round grade on either of those guys. Oh, dang, what a hater. But they're going to go, good chance to go in the first round. Um, you know, quarterback desperation does not take a year off. So that brings us to the mock draft. And, you know, I, when you look at the top five picks, 
you know, we're talking about Arizona, San Francisco, uh, New York Jets. Hold on. Rosen, Garoppolo, Darnold. Oakland. Eh. As of right now, it's Carr. It's Derek Carr. But if you were disappointed in him, I've looked at his contract. You could get out. You can. If you and, want it out, you can get out. That's going to be an interesting storyline the next you know few months. But if, if you were Oakland, I think they've got a really good tank thing going. I don't know right. if they meant to, and I know that they didn't pick Colton Miller for him to be bad. John Gruden just screwed <laughs> up. But you're in a really good spot to next year probably be pretty darn high too. So you could probably wait this one out. Maybe wait this one out. See if you have a bounce back from Derek Carr or if you could get in the uh, Justin Herbert to a T running. And you could kind of talk similar about Tampa, who with uh, Jameis, you know, I, they, they're in a position where, I, you know, they're, they're going forward with Jameis, but they're not tied to him long term. And it seems more likely, while they probably looks like they have a quarterback need on the surface, good chance they wait until possibly next year to go that direction. So, but point is, top five picks, there's not a clear team that you look at and say, okay, yeah, they need a quarterback. But history tells us a quarterback will be in the draft or in the top five picks. Seventeen of the last eighteen NFL drafts, we have had a quarterback in the what top. What if this is the EJ Manuel year? And it could be. It could be. That was the one time, 2013, where we did not have a quarterback top five. So it, that is certainly possible. Uh, and you also factor in the last three years, we've had eleven quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Ten of those picks were used via a trade up by that team that drafted the quarterback. So. Basically, what I'm saying, a quarterback's going top five this draft by a team that's going to trade up. And so in this mock draft, when you look at the different scenarios, the Giants, could Dave Gettleman trade up? Eh, maybe. I doubt it. Uh, would the Jaguars with Tom Coughlin and uh, that front office, would they trade up? Eh, possible. I, I think I lean Jacksonville being a team that thinks of themselves as more uh, ready to win now, You know, going after a, a Nick Foles. Uh, you know, maybe you take a run at Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, you know, whatever direction they go, they seem to be more of a win now team rather than let's go get Dwayne Haskins and you know, we might be a little rough for a year or two until he gets up to speed. Is getting a new quarterback gonna fix everything that's wrong in Jacksonville? That team seemed like they just fell apart. Well, I think there's different expectations from the outside and then on the inside. I think they think they're ready to win right now. They think of themselves as a team that came close to going to the Super Bowl two years ago. I don't think they think see themselves as a team that's uh, a true top ten or uh, the bottom top ten team in the league. So I'm I'm in using trying to put myself in their shoes. I think they think they're a quarterback away, and so that's why I think there's a good chance that they end up uh, going the frequency or trade route, bypassing a quarterback at seven overall. So then you get to ten with Denver. John Elway, I think, is a little desperate to get that quarterback. Swung and miss on Paxton Lynch. Watching Case Keenum. Keenum's been... No. And could he sit at 10 and Drew Locke is there? Sure. I, I think that's a, a realistic scenario. Um, Drew Locke, I think, is a quarterback that's really going to interest John Elway. But yeah, he waited for the second or third best quarterback a couple years ago and they got Paxton Lynch. He might feel a little bit of pressure to go up, be aggressive, get the top quarterback, which might be Dwayne Haskins. And so in this mock draft, I have uh, the Denver Broncos at number 10, trading up to number 3 with the Jets. Basically the same thing the Jets did last year, going up to number 3 to get Darnold. The Broncos go up to get Dwayne Haskins at number 3. The Jets move back, recoup some draft capital, get that second rounder back this year, 
Um, and so I think that's a win-win for both teams. Denver gets their quarterback. I don't think they're as far away as some people think. And the Jets get to get back in the second round. Uh, and they still, at the 10th pick, can probably get an impact offensive lineman, which is what they really need to protect Arnold. And Dwayne Haskins is your top quarterback, right? He is, but wow, that inflection said you didn't feel great about. No, it. I don't. And you haven't looked at, or you haven't studied the tape yet, right? On no, Haskins? I have not done a single quarterback yet. Okay, I'm eager I've watched hit. pretty much every Kyler game, so I know Kyler, but I haven't studied any of the so, time. We can get to that later. That's a that's a different discussion. Um, Just don't interview Kyler. Yeah, uh, with Haskins, I, he, it's tough because he's so young and he's so inexperienced. And so you're you're betting on him growing, developing, and getting better, but it's just you haven't seen it yet. And he has a special arm, there's no question, but you really worry about the mechanics. You really worry about uh, you know his field vision when he's under pressure. He showed improvements throughout the year, but still not to the level where you feel like he's a slam dunk top five, top ten pick. Um, I wouldn't draft him that early, but again, quarterback desperation does not take a year off. And I think one of these teams will. So Dwayne Haskins is he's definitely one of the more interesting players in this draft. Uh, I think he's the favorite to be the first quarterback drafted, but I don't think it'll be consensus. It wouldn't be a surprise if maybe another team has Kyler Murray ahead of him, or you know whether Locke or or Jones gets ahead of Haskins. It'll just it'll depend on the team. So uh, you know I think he's a favorite, but by no means is that a slam dunk. Okay, where else do you want to bounce around to on the Dane Brugler mock draft? We don't want to give the whole thing away. You know, we don't like to give the whole thing away. No, so you check I it like, out on the I Athletic, and it's a two-round mock, so we got 64 picks. So you can see the Cowboy pick. That's yes, what matters. Right. You, you, you can do that. Um, you know, uh, at six, since the Giants have not going quarterback, I'm going offensive line. First offensive lineman off the board is Cody Ford from Oklahoma. I don't know the words. Uh, is it just to their little song? Go yeah. Sooners Go? No, I think it's just like Boomer Sooner. Oh, that's what I meant. Boomer, Boomer Sooner. Sooner. And then at the end it goes, Rocklahoma, Rocklahoma, Rocklahoma. Okay, you. Jeez. That's what I know. You're not I a, went to Abilene Christian. You're not a very good adopted fan. Well, I went to Abilene Christian. I don't know our song either. I could sing the chapel songs, though, if you'd like. At number nine, I have Buffalo going with Jeffrey Simmons, which he was in the news uh, recently. He's not invited to the combine, is he? No, and that it's he'll be an interesting player to track because what he did before uh, went to college is bad. You know, got into a fight with a woman, and it's on video, and it's it's ugly. There's no question. Um, but you hear from everybody at Mississippi State, and you hear from scouts, and character is not like a problem with this guy. It's not like you have to worry about him when he's away from the facility. He made an emotional, very poor decision in the heat of the moment. And when he was, you know, young and just graduated out of high school. So each team is going to look at this differently. Um, it's a dumb rule by the NFL, not allowing him to be at the combine. I mean, just it's stupid. Um, it, combine's not really a reward you know, I mean, it's. It would it's, seem like a really good time to get to know guys that you had questions. Right, about. it's you're hurting 32 teams more than you're hurting Simmons. So I don't know. I'm surprised teams haven't boycotted this rule a little bit more. I guess you know, PR wise, this wouldn't be a good look. But you know, it's uh, the combine's a chance to figure out, find out more about these guys, and you know, really figure them out. And now it's just going to cause more work because teams are still going to do their homework on Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, they're going to travel to Starkville. They're going to go to the pro day and. Uh, so, I, and I still think he's gonna be a top ten pick. I understand Buffalo is a uh, that front office. They're not a team that's really gonna take a lot of character guys. But 
I don't know, Jeffrey Simmons, that situation is just, it's just a lot different than, you know, you can't just paint a broad brush and say, oh, character guy, he's off the board. There's more to it, and I think once more teams really get involved, I think they'll be more open because he is such a talented player. So I noticed that your first two offensive linemen off the board you have listed as offensive tackle slash offensive guard. Yeah. Are both of them in the mold of uh, not necessarily tall and long? Or is it a, is it more of a the style of play? Jonah Williams is um, he's it's, it's, I'd say it's about fifty fifty. Just talking to people around the league, um, getting different opinions in terms of is he a tackle or is he an interior player? Some think he's a better guard. Some think he's going to be an outstanding center uh, in the NFL. And it's really because of the lack of length. We'll see what he does at the combine. Uh, Jonah Williams' arm length at the combine might be the most interesting thing we find out that week. Because uh, it could move him uh, on on the draft board for some teams, uh, depending on what he is. It, but you know what? In a lot of ways, he can mask that the same way Joe Thomas did uh, with uh, outstanding technique, with uh, really, really smart uh, play with his vision, his anticipation, uh, his awareness to use angles, his understanding of how to use his body. So Jonah Williams is going to be a really polarizing guy to talk about. But I, in this mock, I'm going seven to Jacksonville. Can play tackle, can play inside. I mean, he's going to help that offensive line. And then Cody Ford's more, he's just a mauler. And you you don't see him get beat at right tackle. So I think there's no question he can play outside. I mean, I don't see why he can't play left tackle uh, as long as he's comfortable, uh, you know, just moving in terms of the footwork and just, you know, swapping. But he also played guard, and I think he could play either interchangeably and be just fine. All right, moving along. Which one? What do you want to give the people? What do the people deserve today? Uh, the next quarterback off the board is number 13. You saw the Dan Patrick interview, right? We just lost all of our Texas listeners with the Oklahoma song going twice in this podcast. I saw the Dan Patrick interview. I thought Kyler conducted himself great. Are we talking about a different Dan Patrick do you want to reenact, interview? You want to reenact it? It was too awkward. Like I don't, I don't know. I'll be Kyler. Go ahead. <laughs> so you're going to the combine, Kyler. No, dad, dad is he going? No, no comment. No comment. No comment. Okay. Oh, you're going to a pro day, right? You're having a pro day. Mm. I mean, that would. That's after the combine. I mean, right. you could have right. a pro day. Mm. Mm. But when, when spring training start? Fifteenth February. Oh, you knew that. Hmm. Mm. It is incredibly awkward. <laughs> it was incredibly terrible. Awkward. I, I mean, like I get it. Gatorade gave you money, and a T-shirt right, exactly. gave you money. That doesn't mean you don't have the answer ready to what everyone's going to ask you. Kyler, are you ready? I'm doing this on the fly. Dane, redo the interview. Kyler, are you going uh, going to the combine? Uh, you know, that's something that uh, my group and I are working through right now. Uh, obviously, my situation's a little bit unique, and so we're trying to work all of that out. So we're not entirely sure where we will and won't be on what dates. But we are looking forward to working through that process and figuring out what the uh, best place is for me. Done. Right. Wow! I mean, that's it. That's all you need to say. I mean, it, it, it could have been as simple as, hey, I love both sports. We haven't made a final decision yet, but we will very soon. I mean, it could be that simple, but uh, uh, Kyler's kind of making uh, a little bit of a mockery of the process. I mean, he, has, he, ha- he knows he holds the cards, and he's not giving up any of that leverage. And I get it from that standpoint, but, I mean, at some point, like, I don't know. It should matter more than just the but money. But if you're even if you're just posturing and playing leverage against your baseball team just for fun, let's right. say that's what you're doing. 
you would still be doing that to try to get yourself in a position to be picked as high as possible so the money is as high as possible. So you should be convincing everyone, I want to play everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, of course I'm getting ready for the NFL. That's why you do these interviews. People are considering me an NFL quarterback, so yes, I'm getting ready. I want to ace every test put in front of me in every sport. That's my goal. Yeah. I want to ace all the tests, but instead it was... And I mean, part of me feels bad for Kyler because he's just getting bad advice. Yeah. You know, Terrible. Yeah. His dad's not helping him. Uh, The agency, the PR firm, whatever, behind the scenes, not helping him. Um, And so, you know, it's just a... It's an S show and something that he, you know, if he thinks those questions are tough, wait till he gets to the combine. I mean, those are the easiest questions. Exactly. And this is the the time in your life that the questions you will be asked were the most predictable they will ever be. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know. Kyler, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, good buddy Daniel Jeremiah on uh, Move the Sticks podcast throughout the possibility of uh, Kyler being kind of like a John Elway in terms of picking and choosing where he wants to go. Telling teams, you know, I don't want to play for you. I'm not going to work out for you. But basically telling Miami or telling Washington or wherever he wants to play, yes, if you tell me you're going to take me in the first round, that will play for you. And basically just kind of dictating terms. Man, and, he if he's if those were the two choices, he's picking terrible places to well, go. Well, okay, I'm just throughout two name two teams that need a quarterback. Jacksonville at 7. Okay. Uh, Giants at 6. Yeah, you know, he can really dictate how he wants this thing to play out. So, it's going to be really fascinating. We're going to find out here in the next few weeks does he report to A's camp uh spring training uh and what do the A's feel about it? Are they going to be open to him leaving uh, after he reports and going to the combine? Um which I expect they will cuz the A's don't have any leverage in this. Uh if they say no, don't come back, okay, well they're out of first round pick. If they say, okay, you know, just check it out and come back, then that's all, really all you can do at this point. So the A's are going to let him do whatever and probably going to go to the combine. If he chooses not to weigh in, that'll be laughable. Like, we know you're small. We know you're short. Like That doesn't mean you want to put the 178 on paper. I, doesn't, I mean, we know it, 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 that's not going to stop a team from drafting when you, they know that he's small. He's probably five, I, well, what five if, nine and a half, 190 pounds. Uh huh. But what if he uh, looks at uh, OU Orlando Brown, where it's like, listen, they knew he was unathletic. Then he went out and proved <laughs> that he was less athletic than they ever imagined. Yeah. And he probably cost himself millions of dollars. Yeah, he was basically a slug. So if Kyler is five eight and seven eights and one seventy four, <laughs> he's like, guys, we ain't doing the same. I'll let him think I'm five nine, one eighty five. Yeah, but it's going to create more drama. And I, I don't know. Like, at some point, you just got to rip the Band-Aid off and say, yeah, I'm small, but watch my tape. I'm good. And the more drama you create, the more inclined teams are going to be to pass. Because, you know, yeah, you're talented, but is this really a guy I want to bring into my locker room as a CEO of my franchise? Uh, you know, is this someone my team or my, my players are going to look up to? I mean, if drama continues to follow him throughout the process... I don't care what anyone says. That's going to affect how teams view him. And, you know, he could still get drafted top 10 by a team that's desperate for a quarterback, but it could eliminate an option or two. So the Kyler Murray discussion is fascinating. And this mock draft, back to the mock, have him going 13 in Miami. Um, I, it's funny. I hear from Miami fans. Some love it. Some hate it. You know, and I get it. I get both sides, certainly. Um, but I think Miami is one of the few options in the first round that would be a legitimate landing spot for Kyler. Okay, now I'm not going to let you skip 14. 
because at 14, you have the Atlanta Falcons, you have Ed Oliver, the mm. defensive tackle from Houston, which I think is a really fun fit because it's such a attacking 4-3, get up the field sort of defense. Yeah, Dan Quinn scheme. Um, but at 14, that seems like a guy that going into the college football season was talked about as potentially the number one overall pick. How big's he going to be? It'll be interesting because and he I do was physical size wise. Is he going to weigh in at two hundred and seventy two right. pounds as opposed to two eighty five or two ninety? In October, when scouts went through Houston, he was two seventy four. So, and that was the big the big worry was looking at him frame wise. They questioned, okay, does he have the room to bulk up and be two eighty two eighty five? Um, I, he looks like a receiver when you watch him run drills on a field. Yeah, and that's that's why there's you know our buddy Lance Zerline put out there moving the maybe moving the mic and let him get down to 260, 265 and play that position. Um, yeah, I'm keeping a defensive tackle. I yeah, think he'll if you be move him to Mike, you're not taking him in the top 14. Probably not. No, no. But keep him close to the ball. Let him use that explosive quickness. Let him use that energy. Uh, the toughness that he brings. It's just he's not going to be a fit for everybody. Uh, he's not going to be a scheme fit for everybody. A lot of teams won't consider him the top 15 to 20 picks. Now, Atlanta is one of the teams that I think absolutely will and think it'd be a great fit. Uh, but if he doesn't go, say, say he lasts until uh, the 14th pick, Atlanta goes in a different direction. I mean, he's not going to Washington. I uh, don't think he'd go to Carolina. Cleveland maybe is a possibility. I don't know if John Dorsey would do that, but that would be a possibility. Uh, so we're talking about Ed Oliver possibly getting into the 20s, uh, and it's just because of fit and, you know, just the sizing would be for everybody. And, look, I get it because, look, he's not Aaron Donald. Like that, Right, and that's the name that people are going to yes. lean on if you want to see him go in the top five is like, well, what Aaron, if he's Aaron, Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald at the Combine was 285. Um, Ran a 4.6. Yeah, he was just a freak. And, yeah. and Oliver's a freak too. Yeah, but I mean, and Aaron Donald's production numbers were also insane. Yes. And, insane. And, and Oliver's was too. I mean, Ed, Oliver had great production, but... Then maybe he is. He was a better run defender than past uh, rusher. And that's the big thing. That's the big difference between Aaron Donald and uh, Ed Oliver Aaron Donald is a much much more advanced pass rusher. His ability to get after the quarterback is off the charts. You know, Man, one of the best you, we've ever seen. Did you know NFL.com doesn't have Zerline do all of their profiles? Or maybe he just didn't back in 2013? He didn't back then, no. I'd like to shout out Nolan Narocki, who had yep. Aaron Donald in the fourth or fifth round. Nolan Nolan likes he his reports piss people off. Oh. Um <laughs> he he was the guy that said, you know, Cam. You know, a disingenuous smile, and oh, okay. that he got he got in trouble for that. Oh, okay. um, I mean, Nolan does a lot of. Work. I don't I don't know what Nolan's been doing the last few years, but I know he put in the work. Um, Lance started maybe fourteen, fifteen, something like a couple okay. years ago. Right. But um, they, yeah, like, they upgraded. It appears. Yeah, I mean, Lance is Lance is one of the best. Um, with Oliver, though, it's just it's going to be a tough discussion for teams because again, he's not going to be a fit for everybody and. It, the combine will be interesting to see what he weighs in at. Um, and not just the weight, but what's the frame look like? Is he carrying it comfortably? Um, does he still have, you know, a, a, a great three-cone time, great in the shuttles, and, you know, test what you He'll expect? He'll test very, very well. Unless he, but unless he puts on too much weight and doesn't, you know, he tries to get to 285 and then doesn't look himself. You know, that, that that's kind of the trade-off. That might be my strategy if I were him, too. Be like, hey, Donald weighed at 285, right? Let's get to 285. That should be the goal. Should be. But do you, you can't sacrifice, or you shouldn't sacrifice, uh, you know, a couple of tenths uh, off your three cone time because of it. You play the end? 
See, I don't think so because he struggles with long arms blockers. When they get inside his frame, they can control him, and he doesn't have the length to combat that. So for me, I'm keeping him as close to the ball as I can, whether that's shaded nose, maybe a three technique. I think when you put him outside, he's he would. I think he'd be okay, but not what you would expect from a top 20 pick and not really maximizing Ed Oliver to his full potential. Okay, uh, 15 is your next quarterback, Drew Locke, Missouri, to uh, the Washington Redskins. Yeah. But I want to skip down to 18 with your permission. With okay. your permission. Because this is my uh, this is my new NFL take, and I'm, I'm no longer able to be talked off the ledge. Vikings fans hated this pick, by the way. Greedy Williams, quarterback LSU. Is, who did they want? Did they not want a corner? Or did uh, they no, like they Byron wanted an Murphy? offensive lineman, which I get. Oh, it just okay. didn't fit out. It just didn't work in this in this mock. Okay, so this is the first corner you have going at number eighteen overall, and this is my new NFL rule. Uh, as somebody who covers the Cowboys, my only disappointment is with myself because I can't go so far as to say trade Demarcus Lawrence because uh, he's an awesome player mm-hmm. and I think he's part of the heartbeat of their team, but. I'll take coverage over pass rush all day or day in the NFL as of today. The end. Uh, that's it. Done. Uh, now, Aaron Donald's an exception because he can get to the quarterback in .8 seconds. Hmm. He lines up right in front of him. If you're a monster D-tackle and if you're Khalil Mack, like one of the best players in football, great. I want you and I'll pay you. Oh, so you're making exceptions. For I make your... exceptions for every rule. Everybody yeah. does. Uh, but if you told me, hey, your team can either be really good at coverage or really good at rushing the passer, I want my team to be really good in coverage. Uh, I'm cheating a little bit because the Patriots and all of their Super Bowl wins recently have been really good in coverage and not good at rushing the passer. But in a world where now you can fake it, like I'll just take the Cowboys. If you don't have guys who can win one-on-one, that's okay. Just send Jalen Smith. Mm-hmm. If you can cover, well, now I can get to the quarterback and I can still cover. I think it's a lot harder to fake coverage than it is to fake a pass rush. I would agree with that. So I'm going coverage over pass rush, and I won't be talked down. I agree with what you just said in terms of faking it. It is tougher to fake coverage uh, than it is to fake pass rush. You can scheme certain things uh, to get more of a pass rush. Uh, you can really help out your front with you know different pressures, stunts, loops, you know twists, whatever you want to do. Coverage is a little different. Um, you know it's harder to fake that, regardless if you're playing man or zone. You know, cover two, whatever. It is tougher to fake that, no question. But in terms of importance, in terms of impact, give me the pass rush. Give me the front. Give me the guys that can put pressure on the pocket and make quarterbacks uncomfortable. Uh, I want the guy that's going to affect what the quarterback does. And coverage does that as well. But even really good coverage, quarterbacks can beat. Wide receivers can beat. Really good pass rush. Yeah, I mean, the best blockers in the NFL can can stymie you, but I don't know. I think they're. I heard J.J. Watt has zero career sacks against the Patriots. Like in okay. six in six games, they're just like, "Sorry about your luck." Like, what about okay. we can we can we can scheme to stop you? Well, then what's Whitney Merciless and you know the other pass rush? You know, are they sacrificing one side for the other? Or? Oh, for sure. I mean that. I mean, if, if you're talking about one impact pass rusher, I, yeah, I mean I, that's a different discussion. I get what you're saying. That's a reason why you have a second thought about maybe paying Demarcus Lawrence if you're the Cowboys. But okay, let me—he's uh, too good not keeping keeping it the Cowboys for this discussion. Byron Jones had one of the best seasons for a cornerback this year, right? Yeah, and I wouldn't let him go no matter what. So you would pay Byron Jones more than you'd pay Demarcus Lawrence? No, 
No, yes, you would. No. Yes, you would. You no. you, you care about coverage more than passion. No, rush. because I also get to live in the current NFL where they haven't uh, the salaries haven't caught up to that yet. So I'll just pay him whatever it requires to keep him. And okay. I'm, I'm Byron Jones. Stance. Byron Jones wants to be the highest paid corner at say eighteen million dollars a year, and Demarcus Lawrence wants to be the highest paid pass rusher at you know say twenty two million dollars a year. Uh, he'd have to get over twenty two to be the highest paid, wouldn't he? What did Matt get? I don't know. I think I think, throwing, I think you'd need like twenty four or twenty five. All right, hypothetical. So eighteen, 18 versus twenty five. Uh, what's, what's the best corner make or the highest paid corner make? Probably less than you think. Hold on. Highest paid NFL CB. Please hold. Trust the tape. I'm working on it. Quarterback contracts and salaries. The highest paid is fifteen million a year. Josh Norman. Okay. Now the other problem we're going to run into here is once you pay a lot of these corners, they're not as good as they once were. Uh, yeah, I would pay Byron Jones $15 million a year before I would pay Demarcus Lawrence more than Khalil Mack. Which should be, say, $24 million. Khalil Mack. Hold on. Trust the contract. Camille Mack. Camille. Khalil Mack contract six years 141 so 20 would be at 120 we need 21 more over six that's six 12 18 so like 23 and a half okay yeah i'm taking a pass rush every time mm, dane every time my team is gonna beat your team so bad no way i'm gonna blitz so much i can find corners you oh, can find gonna, I, mean, I can find corners. i can find corners. disrespectful you can't find premier pass rush in terms of impact Give me the pass rush. That's the and, the, and look, the problem and, is is that it's harder to find a fourteen sack guy than it is to find a good corner. And I'm not saying that, that part you're right about. I'm not saying the NFL is right about everything, but look at the contracts. That tells you what the NFL values more. Look at this mock draft. How many corners go in the top fifteen? None. How many pass rushers? Five. I mean, the NFL values pass rush more than corners, which is why my team would win all the Super Bowls. Because what you got to okay. do is go against the grain and grab what they don't value while they're grabbing. I was going to say, look at the Patriots. That wasn't a really great example. Yeah, they pay their secondary a lot. They don't pay their front. Well, but I mean, they were really they, good. They pay McCourty. Their they front, pay Gilmore. Their front was really good against the Rams. That was as much a reason why they won as yeah, the broke guys, the corners, the guys who don't make any money. Hey, but the, because they can get value. And you know out of what? Guys. If they're good, you know what they do when they're good? They trade them. Chandler Jones, peace. Thanks for playing. Yeah. I can get something for you. I don't need you. You're a pass rusher. Yeah, because the, well, the Patriots, because they don't pay anybody, you know, close to $20 million a year. That's not what they're all about. Their highest paid player is probably, besides Tom Brady. I think it's Stephon Gilmore. Probably, yeah, probably Stephon Gilmore. And he's yeah. probably making, what, $13, 14000000 million a year? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, when you... They know what they're doing, Dane. They're paying the secondary. Well, they know what they're doing. If you could pay Chandler Jones $13 million a year, they would not have traded him. Yeah, their highest paid players other than Brady are Stephon Gilmore at almost 15 okay. and Devin McCourty at 13 and a half. And if they could get Chandler Jones They're for that much, secondary they would have paid Chandler Jones that much. That's what, And that's part of it, is that if the if the cost of something goes up so high that you think you're getting better value by paying a different position, then that's what you do. Well, if we're talking value and you know a difference in $10 million, that's a different discussion. If we're talking pure impact then give me the pass rush. Now, if you're talking about paying a guy $10 million more a year, then that's where we have to really talk about our cap and our situation, our roster, and figure out what is best for our team moving forward. Patriots and I, we know what we're doing. 
Back to the I, mock draft. I often equate you with Bill Belichick. So. We've been similar for a long time. Um, We're very good at this. First wide receivers off the board at 19. Uh, Marquise Brown, wide receiver from... This is very sooner. Marquise Brown, he's, he's interesting because a lot of teams... Um, just the buzz around the league. I've heard top 10 talk, and then I've heard early second round talk. You know, it's kind of all over the map just because he's 5'9, 175 pounds. You know, just not a big guy. Not going to be for everybody, but explosive, man. Last two years, he has 14 catches of 50 plus yards. That's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. So, Marquise Brown of the Titans at 19, helping out Marcus Mariota. Uh, what, else, what else we want to hit? Our first tight end off the board at 24 to Oakland, TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to take the over. On? On Hawkinson. I think he's going to go before that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, easily. obviously, in a mock draft, you're just yeah. slotting it and easy. He can go top 10. Each time. Yeah, I think Detroit I, at eight. You look at uh, Buffalo at nine. I, I think when yeah. you have a dude who George Kittle went to Iowa, right? Correct. He didn't put up the numbers that no. Hawkinson he did. Had, he but, had injury stuff. But, and he also had a really good combine. He may run better than Hawkinson's going to. Probably. But Hawkinson tape looks like George Kittle of the 49ers tape. It does. He's yeah. a monster. Yeah, he he's is. an absolute monster. Yeah. I would. I feel more sure about him than trying to pick. Okay, which one of these receivers do I want here at eighteen? I don't disagree. Yeah, if you have a need at tight end, uh, it, yeah, take T.J. Hawkinson in the top twenty. Yeah, all day, no problem with that at all. Um, and this, we could see three first round tight ends uh, this year, which has only happened I think four times in the Irv history. Smith, you think it is is worth a first round pick? Yeah, I do. You do? I do. He's good. He's really good. Um, Irv Smith and then, of course, Noah Fant, the other Iowa tight end, which no two tight ends from the same program ever gone in the same first round. But about to. Good chance that that changes, uh, especially after Noah, what he does, what he expected to do at the combine with his jumps and when he runs. Um, It didn't happen in this draft. Uh, In this mock draft, I had Noah Fant going 30 to the Green Bay Packers and then at Irv Smith going 38 to Jacksonville. But... I think there's a very good chance Irv Smith goes in the top 32. Um, just depends on you know need, and not every team's going to be you know full go on a tight end in the first round. Okay, and what? Uh, how many teams don't have a first round pick? Do you know that off the top three. of your head? Okay, so Saints, can Bears, we hit, and can we hit their three Cowboys? picks? Those yeah. second rounders, so that those teams well, feel like they're important today. Well, the Bears unfortunately don't have a second round pick, so we don't get to talk about them. Wait, what? Oh, Khalil Mack. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So. Um, we don't get to talk about the Bears, but we'll talk about the Saints and the Cowboys. Saints traded their first-round pick uh, when they went up for Marcus Davenport last year in the first round. Uh, that turned out to be pick 30, which now is a Green Bay Packer pick. for Their second-rounder, which is the only, their only pick in the top four rounds, which kind of no pressure. I mean, better hit on this pick. It's going to work out well, though, because what's going to happen is without the ability to reload this thing, <laughs> it could be good again, but then when Breeze retires, Peyton's going to look at the roster and be like, guys, man, we are really hurting. We've got a bunch of veterans. We don't really have the young talent. I'm going to go coach the Cowboys. I was say, I'm out. Yeah. All right, so New Orleans is 62. Um, I have him going corner. I know corner, since they added uh, Eli Apple, it, corner is not the biggest need on the roster, but it's a position where I think they're going best player available here and a position that is obviously important. Uh, Joe Juan Williams from Vanderbilt, uh, big physical corner, upside off the charts. Uh, I think teams will be all over him. And then the Cowboys at 58. 
have them going. Rennell Wren, the defensive tackle from Arizona State. I looked up his numbers and his size, and being just under 300 pounds, I assume he could play three technique, but his numbers production-wise didn't look like a three technique because there wasn't a bunch of tackles for loss or sacks. Explain yourself. Six four and a half, three hundred and fifteen pounds. Okay, so he's a lot bigger than he was listed. Thirty three and three quarter inch arms. Um, really explosive first step. Gets off the ball quickly. Uh, upper body power is awesome. He can press blockers off him. The big thing is just he's raw. Techniques all over the place. He doesn't fully understand the best way to uh, disengage and you know piece together a pass rush plan. He's just not there yet. If he doesn't win with that first step, but I think he has the flashes that get you excited. Um, you know, there's obviously a reason he's available at 58 and he doesn't go in the top 50 picks. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of potential there and the type of defensive tackle I think the Cowboys will be interested in. Uh, and and t- fans telling me that no way they draft a defensive tackle that early. That's not what the, the, the Jones family does. They drafted Malik Collins in the early third round. So yeah. late second, that's certainly a possibility. So the Cowboys at 58, I think you're looking safety. I think you're looking tight end. Slot receiver, defensive tackle, and Rennell Wren might be the best of the group uh, when we get to that point in terms of best players available. Okay, now we did have like 15 questions from the people from post right before this, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tell them all that I love them and that we'll keep their questions for potentially next week. So Dalton, I love you, Jared. It wasn't one good one. Misty, CJ, Travis, Jake, AJ, Mario, Tanner, Doug, Kevin, Matt. Doug. Uh, no, there's a lot of good ones. Okay. Just, you know, we had time constraint. Okay. Yeah. You know, different job. Uh, let's go with, uh, that's cowboy centric. They would all take, they would all take a while. Hmm. They're all very involved. They're great questions. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll address questions next week. The mock takes up a lot of time, you know, it does. a mock does. day is a big day and, we handled the mock today, so uh, I'll hold on to these questions, and we'll be back next week and hit some of these bad boys. But we love all of you. At this point next week, we should have the combine list, um, so we'll have plenty to talk about with that. Who got snubbed, which Darwin Thompson from Utah. Have you watched Darwin Thompson from Utah State? Uh, is he the running back? Yeah. I have not watched him. He's similar to your Tariq Cohen. Oh, um, my guy. In some ways. But he did not get a combine invite, unfortunately. Oh. Michael Dogby from Temple did not. Um Michigan tackle, Bushel Beatty didn't. So a couple of uh, snubs that were interesting. Uh, but that's what happens when you have 135 uh, underclassmen come out. Some guys get pushed out, and that's what we're seeing here. So we'll be talking about that next week. All right, we will be back next week for Trust the Tape. Uh, I don't think there's any massive sporting events that will stop us from being in the same city so that we can record no, it. Not travel next week. So we uh, we appreciate everybody that's listening. If you could leave your feedback, and of course, uh, sharing the podcast is great. That helps us to reach more people, which we, we want to do. We want everybody to be able to hear this bad boy. So thank you. Five star it. Leave your favorite farm animal in the comments this week as your uh, descri- description after your five star review. And we'll talk to you next week on Trust the Take. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. T Mobile.com.